the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Someone else said wisdom is the God-given ability to perceive the true nature of a matter and implement God's will. One more, wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective, making decisions based on that understanding. Wisdom is smart, skillful, spiritual. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhillchurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis bitter jealousy. He's making a point, and that's why some of your translations have the word envy, because bitter jealousy doesn't just become jealous of what another person has. Bitter jealousy is angry about it. They're mad that you've got what you've got. They don't just want what you've got. They don't like that you've got it. That's worldly wisdom. Then he said selfish ambition. The same Greek word that James used here, Aristotle, the great philosopher used to describe politicians. Isn't this interesting? Because he said that they'll say anything, they'll do anything to get their way, to get into office. Little has changed in a couple thousand years, right? Selfish ambition is also describing a person who, who makes everything about themselves. They live and act as if all of the universe revolves around them. Now, that sounds silly for me to say it out loud, but we know people like that. It's always all about them. They're a big deal. (laughs) There are few things that are as unwise as living your life focused solely on you. Selfish ambition. Worldly wisdom is also arrogant. It boasts. We know that's inconsistent with the word of God because we've read 1 Corinthians 13, right? 1 Corinthians 13 describes love. And one of the first things it says about love is love does not boast. Love is not proud. And yet in our world, there's a lot of emphasis put on pride, isn't it? Because we're all about the selfie. We're all about self-promotion. We're all about making folks look at us. That's worldly wisdom. Finally, it's based on lies. It doesn't care about the truth. The motto of a person who's living their life based on worldly wisdom is this. If you don't like it, sorry. This is just the way I am. That's the characteristics of worldly wisdom. But I don't want you to miss something. James also gives us the source of worldly wisdom. Look at verse 15. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. 
He says it's earthly or it's dirty. It's unspiritual or it's dead. It's what the Bible says when you're unspiritual. And then it's demonic. So how do, how do you look at those? First of all, one is secular. There's only two kinds of wisdom. God's wisdom and man's wisdom. There's humanism and there's theism. James is helping us begin to understand worldview. Remember we talked about filter? How are you looking at the world? Are you looking at it from a secular standpoint? A secular standpoint is what is taught in many of our schools and in higher education. There is no such thing as absolute truth because there is no God. Does it matter? We don't want that spiritual stuff. We just want science. The Bible calls that earthly wisdom or secular or humanist wisdom. Some of you have been guided by that worldview. And so instead of looking into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, and letting it reflect into your life, you're, you're overcome by what you see from the world. So you, you live your life on the news, whether that's MSNBC or Fox News. And you're guided by these attitudes that are wisdom of the world. They're coming from a secular mindset, not from a godly mindset. And then he says, you have to be careful about sensual wisdom. That which is unspiritual, it's dead. What does he mean by that? It's a word that literally means it's based on your feelings. See, sensual wisdom is a worldview. Sensual wisdom says, if it feels good, do it. You've heard that before, right? How can it be so wrong when it feels so right? That'd make a good country song, wouldn't it? That's sensual wisdom. So you, a, a, a parent who's guided by the sensual wisdom might say to a child, hey, you just, you be guided by your feelings. You do what you want to do. I, I can't tell you what to do. You, you go your way. You just got to go out there and find it. Parents, let me just tell you, if that's the way you're thinking, you are missing it as a follower of Jesus Christ. Part of your responsibility is to guide your children in the wisdom of the word to help them see that there is objective truth and it's not based on their feelings because someday they're going to have a bad day because there is bad things that take place in this world. It's not secular wisdom. It's not sensual wisdom. And it's not satanic wisdom. James points something out. The wisdom that is not of this world is coming from another place. Its origin is in hell. And it smells of smoke. It's from the pit. We talked about this last week with the tongue. You've really got to understand that the Bible doesn't make it easy to live the Christ life. In fact, it says, look, in this world, it's going to be hard for you. You've got this truth to hold on to. Your Savior, Jesus, he's overcome the world. But in this world, it's, it's going to be hard because you've got to show that you are different. And if you're not showing that, you're not being guided by God. You're being guided by his enemy. Remember how last week I gave you the illustration of the toothbrush? I talked about borrowing a toothbrush from one person and give it to another. Who would want a dirty toothbrush in their mouth? Gross. That's... ah. But that's the way it is when our words or our deeds are kind of walking the line between heaven and hell. 
You, you can't be both ways. It doesn't work that way. I remember as a child riding by in Florence, South Carolina, this little sign in, in a shack, frankly, that said palm reader. And I remember thinking as a child, how ignorant is somebody going to be that they're going to pay money for somebody to look at the lines on their hand and tell them what their future is going to hold? Or to look at a horoscope in a newspaper or online? Yeah, you've got to decide which of these contrasting wisdoms are you going to depend on because they are, they are opposite of one another. The word versus the world. Why would we want wisdom that's coming from the pit of hell? Well, before I move on to the good news, let me just give you the, let me give you the result of this worldly wisdom. Did you see what it said? There's disorder and every kind of evil. How do you know if there is worldly wisdom being followed? It's chaos. And that's not of God because the Bible makes it very clear that God is a God of order. So anybody can go and tear things down. Remember, all it takes is knowledge to tear things down. But it takes wisdom to bring things together. Look around in our world and and see, just in current events, where where do you see wisdom of the word? and, And where do you see wisdom... Of the world, how do you see it playing out in our society? Well, what's the contrast? The contrast is found in verse seventeen. Look at what it says: "But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace." Let's talk about that wisdom from the word. Wise living is righteous living. It's pure. You know, I remember as a child going to a doctor and hearing the doctor say, an apple a day keeps, uh... yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, but I remember that as a child. But I don't really like apples. But then one day, one day, I went to the fair And at the fair, I saw that they grew apples on a stick. And those apples on a stick, they tasted really good. Because outside of the apple, there was some candy. And when I would bite into that apple on a stick, I liked the way that tasted. But something tells me that my doctor would not say that apple on a stick was good for me. I don't think he would say that that kind of apple keeps the doctor away. Why? Because the apple, (laughs) something had been added to the apple that made it less pure. So James says this wisdom of the word is pure. It's a word that reflects righteousness of God. We all know that we're born sinners. We're born impure. We live sinful lives. When we begin a relationship with God, we're clothed in the righteousness of, of Christ So he gives us our purity. What James is saying, if you have worldly wisdom, you're impure. If you have wisdom of the word, you're pure. That means you live and make wise, righteous choices. 
that's how you can know someone is living in the world. If they're doing something that is clearly against God's word. But they say they believe God wants them to do it. I've heard it all my ministry. A man cheats on his wife or a woman cheats on her husband and says, you just don't understand, Pastor. God brought me together with this other person. No, no, that didn't happen. An individual cheats at at work and they steal from their employer and they say, you don't understand what I was going through. God wanted us to have that. I needed that. No, 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 no. It will never be wise to make a sinful choice. Because wise living is righteous living. And then he says, wise living is relational living. You want to know how someone's living in in wisdom of the word? Look at their relationships. Are they peaceable? Are they gentle? Are they open to reason? Are they full of mercy? Are they always fighting? Are they always arguing? Are they always critical? Are they always complaining? Are they always negative? If you're in that latter category, you're not living in the wisdom of the word. Because it's different. Wise living is righteous living. Wise living is relational living. And then I love this. He says, wise living is real living. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the watch tab at missionhillchurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at missionhillchurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. You're real. Because we see it in your good works, in your impartiality, and in, in your sincerity. So once again, James is flying in the face of those of us who think it's okay to have easy believism, that I just prayed a prayer and so I'm going to heaven, I've got fire insurance, everything's okay. He says, no, it's going to be seen in how you live your life, your good works. It's gonna be seen in how you treat other people, whether you're partial toward others or prejudiced toward others. And it's gonna be seen in whether or not you're the real deal. If your kids at home see the same person that sat on the seat at church, if your coworkers see the same person that sits in Sunday school, if your friends in your class and your athletes on the field with you, if they see that individual that, that prays in the Bible study with the student group, it's sincere. It's real. That's wisdom of the word. Where does that come from? James told us that, didn't he? You remember what he said? But wisdom from above. Now that brings me back to Isaiah. Remember when Isaiah says this in chapter 55, verse 8? For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as high as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God's saying when you have a view from above, everything looks different. Godly wisdom is the stuff that no eye has seen, that no ear has heard. It may not make sense in the moment, but it makes sense in eternity. So you've got some examples of that in scripture. (laughs) So a bush catches fire in the wilderness. And God tells Moses to talk to the bush He does it, wise or unwise. 
Joshua is going to take the children of Israel into the promised land. He's got the army ready. They've got all of their weapons in gear. And God says, no, I've got another plan. <laughs> I want you just to march around the city and blow your trumpets and say, na, 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 boo, boo. And the walls are going to fall down. And Joshua did it. Wise or unwise? Gideon had an army. It was a massive army. It was a powerful army. It could do what an army needs to do. But God said to Gideon, your army's too big. I want you to bring it down. So he did. He said, no more. So he did. He said, no more. So he did. Wise or unwise? Two mamas come to Solomon. They bring him a baby. They, each one says the baby is theirs. God tells Solomon, tell them you're going to cut the baby in two. Wise or unwise? God looks at his world. It's separated from him. He created us for a relationship. He created us to be with him. He desperately desires to commune with us. But there's no way because we're always going to blow it. So God so loved the world that he sent his son, 100% God, 100% man. And Jesus came to the earth and he lived a perfect life and he died on the cross and he rose from the grave so that whosoever believes in him would not perish and have eternal life. That's God's wisdom, wise or unwise. See, the wisdom of the word is different from the wisdom of the world. Godly wisdom is like getting on a plane. You go to a higher level and you see things differently. And church, my heart breaks because in this divided and polarized age, we desperately need Christ followers who are willing to go to a higher level and see things differently. The church must be guided by wisdom from the word. Because man's wisdom will always be sinful and finite. But God's wisdom is always sinless and infinite. But you get to choose. Every Christ follower is challenged to live wisely. Scripture contrasts the wisdom of the world with the wisdom of the word. But every individual must choose the wisdom lifestyle. What do you choose today? You need wisdom? Remember, wisdom is the key that opens the door to God's greater blessings in your life. Do you need wisdom? Who to marry, what to study, what career to pursue, how to get from point A to point B. It doesn't come automatically, even with age. You know, you hear people say, he's a wise old man. That may be true. There's a lot of people with age that gain wisdom. I've seen a lot of dumb old people too. Doesn't come automatically. How do you get it? First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.30 says, because of you, because of him, 
you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That's why it goes on to say, so that as it is written, let, no, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. How do you get it? You surrender your life to Christ. It's just like the control of the tongue. You can't have a controlled tongue until you've had a changed heart. And you can't live a wise life until you've let the source of wisdom come in and take control. Maybe you're here and you've been a church goer, you've been a religious person, or or maybe you've just walked in curious. Maybe you're watching or listening and you're uncertain about all this spiritual stuff. But while hearing this message, you've understood that there is a God who is all wise. And you've realized you need a relationship with him. The Bible says that God did what in man's eyes would have been unwise. He left heaven and came to earth so that you and I could have that relationship. All you've got to do is yield control of your life to him. You've got to turn from your direction, the way you're going, and say, I'm going to follow you and live this Christ life. The moment you do that, things change for you, now and forever. But before I pray with you, I want to give you an opportunity. Many of you who are here, you're Christ followers. If you died today, you'd go to heaven. But you're living unwise. You've got too much of yourself in the world, not enough of yourself in the word. What do you need to do? Make these decisions today. Decide to prize or value wisdom. Decide to put wisdom at a place of priority in your life. Wake up every day and say, oh God, I I want to be wise. Look at your life. Look at your conduct and, and ask whether or not you're making wise choices. Number two, determine to pursue wisdom. Do whatever it takes. A lot of you have done that with knowledge. You've done it with skill. You've tried to be the best at what you do or you've tried to learn the most about what you're learning. Do that with wisdom. Get into God's word. That's how you pursue wisdom. Psalms 119 verse 97 says, Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies. For it is ever within me. I have more understanding than all my Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Pursue wisdom by getting into the word. And then here's the best thing. Just pray for wisdom. Pray for wisdom. Do you remember what James told us in verse 5? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And it will be given to him. I want to live my life with those, that view from above. I, I like it every time. I'm in a plane and the plane successfully lands. No matter how much I like it in the sky, I I like to be back on the ground. I I especially love it when I'm coming in from another country and often if there are a lot of Americans on the plane, it'll just break out into applause because we do really live in a blessed nation. But here's the reality. As a Christ follower, I need to stop coming down to this world when it comes to my wisdom. I need that view above the clouds. 
Let's ask God to give us that right now. Would you bow your heads with me? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're a Christ follower, I've just given you some very practical instruction about how you can seek to live a more wise life. But I want to speak to you if you're here or if you're listening or watching and you've never begun a relationship with Jesus. I believe this could be the day of your salvation. I believe that the God of the universe created you for a relationship. And he wants that relationship with you. But he needs you to surrender today. It's your choice. Would you choose him? He's chosen you. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhillchurch.com. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910.